Hey friends, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to personally welcome you to our podcast. At TC, we exist to see people transformed from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Good morning, good morning, good morning. How's everybody doing today? Good? Let's give it up for Jesus in this house one time this morning. Oh, I think we can do better than that. I said, let's give it up for Jesus one time in this house this morning. Okay, good. Man, we are in our third part of our Better Now series. And before we go any further, man, I just want to give a shout out to all of you that got baptized today. Man, awesome, awesome, awesome. We are so pumped for you. And uh, we do want to let you know, if you want to get baptized, uh, it is an important step in the believer's faith. Like if you have given your life to Jesus, that is an important step. And we want to let you know next month we'll be doing it again. And you can sign up at mytc.life on your smartphones, mytc.life, or you can Stop by our Connect Center, and we've got someone that will be more than happy to help you uh, take that step on your journey. All right, guys. Hey, listen, we are super pumped to be wrapping up part three of the Better Now series called the Cost-Benefit Analysis. Now, I remember being in the corporate world where we have to do cost-benefit analysis. And, the, and what you would do in that scenario is you would take where you're trying to go as a company or what you're trying to do with a company or maybe a new game plan, and you would weigh the costs. What is it going to cost us? And then you would look into the benefits. What are the benefits going to be for what this is going to cost? And you would have to weigh whether or not it was a good call to make or not. Uh, We have a cost-benefit analysis. We have a scale that we measure things by uh, as believers. But uh, we want to show you two different columns today of where things belong. Because there's a cost column. Turn to your neighbor and say cost. All right. And then there's a benefit column. Turn to your neighbor and say benefit. Now, your neighbor just look back at you and say, it would benefit you to have a breath mint right now. Okay, so just take this, all right? Here's an Altoid, a Tic Tac. No, I'm just kidding. So there's a cost benefit, and we want to look into those today. So take out your sermon notes. You should have got those, hopefully, as you came in the door, because we want to look at two different things that the cost benefit does uh, in our lives, all right? So in the cost column, the very first thing we have for you is we want you to understand that Jesus paid it all, right? Jesus paid for our freedom with his life. It was up and then it was gone. It was up and it was gone. Bring it back. Jesus paid for our freedom with his life. And we want you to understand today that God has a desire for you to live out a purpose. But here's what we want you to understand is that I I grew up in church where we would try to uh, white knuckle, hold on as long as we can and inch our way into heaven. And if we timed it out right and we didn't say a cuss word right before the rapture, we were going to make it in. So we're like, whew, if I make it in, it's going to be by the skin of my teeth. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Which I don't understand that phrase, mind you. Like, I don't know. Anyways, but, but this idea that that if you worked hard enough, and if you worked hard enough, there would be a, an opportunity for you to possibly receive eternal life. And that's if you did all the right things. And in doing all the right things, you timed it out right to where your sin didn't cause you to miss out on eternity. Anybody with me on that, right? How daunting of a thought process is that? But secondly, how exhausting is that, right? Right? 
And the reality is, is that Jesus didn't pay the price for our freedom for a white-knuckled, tight-gripped approach to how we view God at all. As a matter of fact, Jesus' message wasn't get it all together and then come to me. It was come to me and I'll help you get it all together. Now, I don't know about you guys, but that's super encouraging because when I try to get it together, I make a mess. Where are my mess people at, right? Like I just, every time I try to do something my way, I run my face into a brick wall. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, because why? The Bible's pretty clear that our hearts are actually wicked and deceitful. How many guys have ever had someone try to tell you a good thing and they're like, I just want to share my heart? Where are they? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, well, if you only knew my heart. And it's like, well, the Bible says that your heart is deceitful and wicked and full of evil. So I'm pretty sure I know your heart. Stay away from me, Lucifer. Okay, but no, it's like, <laughs> what? But for real, like, what happens is when we try to involve ourselves in the process of getting to God, we mess everything up. But when we realize that the pathway that is paved to Jesus is only paved with the cross that he died on, that nothing you or I are ever going to do is going to make us good enough or qualified enough to get to heaven. The only thing that can get us there is the blood of Jesus Christ that he shed on the cross for you and I. And here's the beauty is that the cross doesn't just create a way to eternal life, even though we're going to talk about that. But there's also a freedom while we're here on earth that is available through Jesus that I don't have to keep running my face into brick walls of religion and law. I can walk in grace and watch God do amazing things in my life. I don't know about you, but that is very encouraging to me. And I kind of wish more people were talking about it. But if you haven't had a chance to check out last week's Grace, uh, grace and Truth message, I encourage you guys to check that out because it gives a clear picture of how grace and truth work together, right, as the formula for freedom in our lives. Romans 5, 8 says this, it says that God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were perfect, Christ died for us. Is that what it says? No, no, no. The Bible says that while we were sinners. See, Jesus didn't see you on your best day and die for that person. He saw you on your worst day and died for that person. That's encouraging. But even more so, when he looked at you, saw you and I in our sinful place, decided then that he would die for us, it was so that he could take us to our best place. Because your worst day with Jesus is still better than your best day without him. Because now there's an eternal promise. So while we were still doing all the stupid stuff we could get our hands into, and how many of y'all got a rap sheet like mine? Come on, somebody, right? Like Some of y'all got this cute little three-bullet-point sin list. Some of us got to scroll ours out. Y'all know? <laughs> Shh. Anyway, so while we were sinners, Christ died for us, right? But then in the cost column, so he died for our freedom. The other cost, though, is that Jesus really died so that we can live. Jesus died so that we can live. I was watching a documentary this past week, and one of the phrases in there was that it said, the only way to the Father is through the Son. And that the Bible says that God so loved 
the world. He so loved you and I that he sent his son to die. And for God so loved the world, he gave his only son that whoever would believe in him wouldn't have to die, but not just die earthly, but have an eternal perish in hell. They wouldn't die, but they would have everlasting life. And I don't know, again, I'm just talking from my personal experience here, but I believe some of you may have either experienced this growing up and maybe you attended churches that were this way, or maybe this is just a picture of how you have God and church in your mind that it was like, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him might have everlasting life and it would just require us to all get beat up on until we got there. But that's just not the case. You see, when God looks at you, God doesn't see you. See, for those of us that have put our faith in Jesus, when God looks at us, he doesn't see us. Because if he saw us, what would he have to see? He'd have to see our addiction problems, our anger issues, our unforgiveness, our bitterness. Come on, somebody. I'm not the only one in here, right? So he would see all these areas about us that make us unqualified to be with him. But because of what Jesus did on the cross, when God looks at us, he sees a mirror reflection of Jesus. And so when God looks at us, he sees Jesus, and we get a pass into heaven if our faith is in him. Now, that's the good part. The downside for some people, is that you can't be good enough to get there on your own. Like, I don't care what you do that is good in your mind, it's not good enough to get you to heaven. I want to make sure I'm painting this picture crystal clear. You can't open enough doors for old ladies. You can't be nice to enough people. You can't give enough. You can't do anything on your own that is enough to get you to heaven. It can only be done through Jesus. But When you give your life to him, all of those things become part of your life. See, you don't do the things to get to Jesus. You go to Jesus, and internally Jesus does those things. So should there be life change? Uh, Yeah. Should there be a different person when Jesus comes on the scene? Yeah. But it it should be because we're different that Jesus has made us brand new. See, Jesus didn't come to make you a better version of you. He came to make you a brand new version of yourself. One that looks like Jesus. So he died so that we can live. Turn to your neighbor and say, I can live. He died so that we can live. First Peter 2, 24 says this. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. Which means the part of us that means becoming brand new in Jesus means dying to ourself. And that's the other hard part that we have a hard time with. I don't know about you, I like to be in control. Where are my control freaks at? Control freaks, where y'all at? I like to be in control. I don't like to give up control, right? I wanna know where we're going. I wanna know what we're doing. I wanna be in control. So, ladies, For all the men that are control freaks out there, can you please decide what you want to eat? Okay, so anyways, that has nothing to do with this message whatsoever. I just thought that I would help you out, fellas, because I feel you. Okay, so someone would open a restaurant, I don't care, and it doesn't matter. If we can get both of those chains going, everyone's in good shape. 
But let's move to the benefits column. All right, so the cost is that Jesus paid for our freedom, that he died so that we can live. And, and there's actually one last cost that we didn't put in your notes, but I want you to go ahead and have it in your mind. Because it costs Jesus his life, but to follow Jesus, it will cost us ours. You see, the Bible says that we should take up our cross and follow him. As a matter of fact, Paul says that I have to die to myself daily. Which means there's parts about me that even though I'm following Jesus, even though that I, I've seen it, okay, I get it. I'm, I'm sinful, I'm broken, I'm messed up. Where are my sinful, broken, messed up people? Raise your hand. Okay, the rest of you are sinful, broken because you didn't raise your hand, okay? So you lied, you filthy, no, I'm just kidding. So we're broken, we're messed up. Like sin is inherently a part of our life, it is. Whether you like it or not, it is. We're broken, we need Jesus. So when Jesus comes on the scene, he comes in to save us, but we have to lay down our life. Essentially, we give him our life so that we can take on his. And so the other cost may not be in your notes, but it is so much a part of reality is that to follow Jesus means giving up your life. But here's the good part. Any parent that is out there, you know this to be true, that your kids think they know what's best for them, but you actually know what's best for them, right? So they think what they really want is the ball in the middle of the road, but you see the giant Mack truck that's coming towards it. Y'all feel me today? And in our lives, we think we know what we want. We think we know what we're supposed to have, but God can see the giant Mack truck that's heading towards us. And so he'll step in and go, no, 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 no. That's why he... You know, people say, God has two answers to your prayers, yes and no. I'm like, I don't know about y'all, but I done heard the word wait a, two, a few times, like, which is worse. I'd rather get a no than a wait. Like, okay, so is this a clock thing? Like, can you give me a time frame, maybe a layout, a timeline? Where are we at in the process towards this answered prayer, right? But he doesn't do that. Why? Because he's taking us on a journey. But here's the thing. Even when we're on that journey, he wants to put us in a place. If we want him more than we want anything from him, we'll get everything we need and him. Because God has called us to a place to give up ourselves so that we could have the most important thing in our life, which is Jesus. So what are the benefits? I want to give those to you. First, the benefits start with love. The benefits start with love. Love. God has this love for us. Ephesians 4. We're going to kind of take a journey through Ephesians 4 this morning and look at a number of things that it says. But it says this. I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been Called. Now, pause for a second. I want you to understand something. I don't care who you are in this room, regardless of what you've come through in your life and regardless of where you currently are because of the decisions that you may or may not have made in your life. None of it stops what God wants to do with your life. None of it. God doesn't create plan B's. He already has a plan A for your life that he fully intends to execute for you and through you. The only, the only thing is, whatever you've come through now gets to become part of the testimony about how good God is. So, you've been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain 
the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, right? Now, most of you have phones in here. I want everyone to take your phone out real quick. Take your phone out. Everyone's got a phone. Take it out. Take out your phone. Hurry up. Come on. We're waiting on you. Don't worry. Yeah, take out your phone. Now, if you've got an iPhone, if you swipe up or down, depending on what kind you got, uh, it's got that flashlight. I wouldn't turn your flashlights on. I wouldn't turn your flashlights on. Where are they at? Now, if you got an Android, number one, you need to get your life together, okay? <laughs> Secondly, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Take, turn your flashlights on. Can we see them? Wave them in the air. Because there's one question that we really want answered in life, isn't there? One question that we want answered. What is it? There it is, wave it in the air like you just don't care. There it is, yeah. If you can sing, sing. If you can't, please don't. All right, there it is. Yes, yes. Okay, that's enough. All right, very good. Thank you. you can put them all away. All right, so what is the ultimate question that we have in our lives? I don't know if that's it, but... We played Name That Tune a few weeks back, and all the songs were from 1999 to 2018, and some of the old heads got mad at me. So I picked that song just for y'all, okay? So, but in our life, isn't it true, though, that we, wanna, we want to know love. We want to feel love. We want to receive love. Like, this is a part of who we are. God put it in us that we would want to feel love and affection, that we would want to find it, right? That's why no matter who we are, deep down in us, even if maybe you've accepted uh, the single life that maybe God has for you, there's still a desire to feel love in a different way. Inside of all of us, there's this desire to know love, right? Well, John 15 kind of lays out what that is supposed to look like, right? As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his, right? As the Father has loved me, oh, no, no, sorry. I have told you this so that you, uh, so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for his friends. There's no greater picture of what love looks like than the cross of Jesus Christ. There's no greater love that you will ever experience in your life than what Jesus gave to you at Calvary. When he went to that cross, he paid this ultimate price that dictates your value. It dictates your worth. It dictates who you are. It tells you that I don't care who your parents were. I don't care who your grandparents were. I don't care what kind of stuff you've come through. I don't care. Regardless of the pain, regardless of your struggle, Jesus wants to give you a brand new identity that says you're a child of God. Man, what is Love. Let's go to verses 16 and 17 of the same chapter. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Listen, when people come to me sometimes, they're like, yeah, but I've seen fake Christians and I think I've seen real Christians. And how do you know if they're real or fake? Number one, I can't see the heart of anybody. So I don't know where they're at, but here's what I know. True believers bear fruit that shows that they're true believers. See, people that follow Jesus, 
their fruit, what they do with their life is evidence that they follow Jesus. And I don't know about you, but one of the great desires of my heart is that the day that I leave this earth, people would stand and say, I don't know if he was this, I don't know if he was that, but I know that he gave me a picture of who Jesus is. That's my desire. So, he goes on, fruit that will last, so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Say these three words with me. Love each other. That we should love one another. Right? We should give. We should take care of. Can I tell you something? You should love the people that don't look like you. If you're a believer, if you're going to follow Jesus, here's one. You got to love people that don't vote like you. Jesus died for Democrats, folks. Jesus died for Republicans. You want to know why? Because one day your party affiliation will fall off of your shirt. Every label that you have placed on yourself, every political label you placed on yourself, every uh, religious or denominational label that you have placed on yourself, all of it one day will either fall off in heaven or burn off in hell. And you will be left with who you are in Christ. And you will be surrounded by the people that you helped get there. Can I tell you something? That's all that matters. I don't care about anything else. I care about where I'm going and how many people I can take with me. Because some of y'all might be driving like a hearse to heaven. Like some of y'all might be depressed. Kind of like, I'm getting there, but whatever. Fam, I'm driving a party bus, okay? Like, (laughs) and people ask me all the time, like, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm ready to party like a rock star. I don't know what y'all doing, but we in here trying to get somewhere so we can get to heaven. Y'all do what you want with your life. That's how I'm living, okay? So can't bring me down. Number two. All right, let's go. The next benefit that we have is that the benefits create maturity. Say maturity. The benefits create maturity. Maturity, a maturity that rises up in us. As we give our life, we are matured. We become more like Jesus, right? I remember growing up and uh, so in my teen years, I decided I wanted to do things my way more than I wanted to do things God's way. And definitely more than I wanted to do things my parents' way, all right? So I found myself kind of winging it there for a while and, and uh, kind of more or less was living with a buddy of mine and we got into all kinds of trouble, made very questionable decisions together. One that may or may not have landed me uh, in jail. Anyways, moving on. So as we were kind of navigating life, I remember one time we went out on a Friday night. Now I was young at this time. I was only about 13 or 14 years old at this time, but I've never been small. Okay, It's a curse that I live with. Anyway, so... Uh, So even when I was 13 or 14, I looked 18, right? In eighth grade, if you ever see my eighth grade prom picture, hopefully my wife never does that to me and shows it to you guys. But um, I had a goatee in eighth grade, okay? So yeah, yeah, I could pass for whatever age. And so anyways, we were hanging out as a Friday night and uh, hanging out with people that were way older than me. And um, we would, I, I was a bit of a brawler at a young age. I loved to get in fights, right? Not anymore. Okay. You see this face? I don't need this getting punched by anybody. All right. I am. So this is the money maker, right? No, I'm just kidding. So, but I remember I was kind of a brawler growing up. I loved to get in fights and stuff, anger issues and all of that. So we went out on a Friday night one time and this guy was looking at me weird. 
So naturally, I was like, <laughs> right? Uh, and so he was looking at me. Now looking back on it, I could see that he was probably like, why is this little kid in this place with all of us? But at that time, I thought he was just like trying to grill me or whatever. So I was, I looked back at him. And finally, I said what many of you probably would have said in the same moment. Like, can I help you? And so he stood up. I was like, oh, he's a little bigger than I thought. And so he stood up. And uh, so we're chattering back and forth. And so the guy that I was crashing with at the time, I look back to him because we had gotten in like, plenty of brawls up until this point. So we had gotten in fights, not together like other people. And so, man, I was just had this assurance. So I turned around to him and I was like, yo, you see this dude? Like, let's go. And he was like, uh, no, sir. <laughs> he was like, you started that. You're going to finish it. I was like, <clears throat> he's really big. Like, this dude was huge, y'all. And it was the only time that I ever got beat up in my entire life, all right, like, because he was huge. Anyway, so, um, but my buddy was like, no, 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 like, you started that. You're going to deal with the consequences of that. And I was like, man, how many of y'all know that was a maturing moment? <laughs> I learned something that day, all right? If they're bigger than you, shut up. <laughs> Maturity, okay? Just like, ladies. Fellas, if a dude has cauliflower ear, leave it alone, all right? You're not, that's not a fight you're going to win. Like, ladies, if you don't know cauliflower ears, they have puffed up ears. That means they fight in the gym a lot, like five, six times a week. Leave those dudes alone, and don't ask your mans to fight them either, okay? Like, no, honey, we are leaving right now. That's how that's going to go. <clears throat> I'm not taking on a UFC fighter, right? But all, all that to say, those are maturing moments because you learned something there. Now, I do believe in our spiritual life. Some of the same things happen, though. I don't know about you, but I've had some maturing moments in my spiritual walk with the Lord where I was going, I'm expecting this or expecting that, and we didn't quite get to what I, but God used them to teach me something. Ephesians 4, 11 through 13 says this. So Christ himself gave us the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service. That, so works of service sometimes means it's translated just to ministry. Listen, guys, God gave you the pastors, the prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. He gave you them, us. He gave us them, and I am one of them, the pastor, to equip you to do what God has called you to do. God didn't call me to do everything. God didn't call our pastors to do everything. God put inside of you a calling and a purpose, a specific plan that he wants to bring out in your life. And as he brings it out in your life, as he does that, he wants to fulfill it. He's put me here and our pastors here. He's put us here to equip you to fulfill everything God called you to be. That's why we're here. But so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become, say this word with me, mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And this phrase is sometimes helpful because I, I feel like sometimes in our life, as we're pursuing God, we start trying to pursue other things too. And that's not even to say that they're bad things, right? In your notes, the next phrase, maturity is knowing the difference between good things and God things. Sometimes maturity is knowing the difference between good things and God things. You see, 
You may have an option to do a good thing, but is it the thing God is calling you to right now? You may have an option for that promotion. You may have an option for that raise. You may have an option to further your education, but is that going to take you away from your time with the Lord? Is it going to take you away from your family more? Is it going to risk your marriage? Because if it's going to risk your family, if it's going to risk your marriage, if it's going to release, if it's going to risk your relationship with the Lord, then whatever good thing it is, it's not worth it. Because there's a difference between good things and God things. Because everything God has for you will lead you closer to him and by default closer to your marriage, closer to your children, closer to your family. Next, the benefits are tested with truth. The benefits are tested with truth. God has absolute truth to hold up his word and to hold up everything that he has for you. Ephesians 4, 14 through 15 says this, and it's picking up where verse 13 left off where we come into the unity of faith of Christ, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. You see, when we come into connection, relationship with the Lord, we're no longer, as we get mature, we're no longer tossed. How many guys ever had someone do you dirty, just did you wrong, just... See, my wife gets frustrated with me sometimes in a good way. I'm the type of person, I, I'll write you off very quick if you cross me wrong. And I don't, I don't harbor hatred. I'm, if I see you in Walmart the next day, I'm not going to be like, oh. I'm probably already like that if I'm at Walmart, by the way. I'm like, oh. Anyways, but I, if I see you somewhere, I'm not, I'm, I, don't, I don't hate anyone. I just don't give them my time anymore. Like, I'm not going to hold back forgiveness from someone and let them live rent-free in my head because now they own me. So I'll just move on. And so my wife will come to me sometimes and say, how do you feel about that? I'm like, I don't feel any way at all. Aren't you angry? Not really. Because I don't have, to, I don't, where God is taking me, I don't have time to drag someone along the mud in the process. God has higher purpose and higher calling. He has a destiny and a plan that he wants me to fulfill. And no person in their drama is going to hold me back from where God has taken me. So if I have to go by myself, I'll whatever. Like I, if you cross me wrong, just move to the side. Because I got people that are rocking with me on my party bus ready to go where God has taken us. Y'all with me today? But here's what I want you to understand. Is some of us are emotionally being tossed to and fro as if we were in a storm on a boat and our emotions are this way one day and then they're this way the next day and then we're angry today and then we're sad tomorrow but then we're happy the next day and there's no stability in who we are because we haven't let go of the people that are behind us. What they did to you was real. It hurt. And some of them almost broke you. And the reality is you can't take it back. You can't undo that pain. You can't undo that hurt. That person, they broke you. They hurt you. They messed you up. They damaged you. But it only changes your purpose if you will let it affect you now. And I'm here to tell you today that the truth is that when God takes grace and he lays it over the top of your life, 
that the same forgiveness that you walk in is the same forgiveness that you show. And it doesn't mean that you're gonna have them over for lunch tomorrow. It doesn't mean we're going to get coffee, okay? I'm not hanging out with you at Starbucks. I'm just here to tell you that if you don't let them go from behind you, you never get to go where you're going in front of you. And God has a purpose and a plan, but it all starts in the gospel. Which takes me to the last point. Go ahead and show it to me. The benefits are rooted in grace. The benefits that God had for us are rooted in grace. Why? Because we should show the same grace that we've been given. Man, it doesn't make sense. And I think that's one of the, when I talk to people that grew up in church or when I talk to people that have never stepped foot in the church, one of the things I hear constantly is like, why would Jesus do that for me? And that's my, I'm like, that's my point. It doesn't make any sense. But that same senseless grace that God gives you is what he asks you to give to other people. Listen, I'm not telling you, you gotta be their friend. Cause there's some of them I ain't trying to be friends with no more neither. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like not today, Satan, you know, like, but I'm choosing to let go. Why? Cause there's somewhere that I'm going. And I'm here to tell you today that the cross, the, the cross is here to give you access to this abundant grace. What is grace? Just like we talked about last week, it's the unmerited, unearned favor of God in your life. And you know what the only thing that separates you from you and grace? You wanna know the real thing that separates from you from grace? Pride. Because you'd rather be in control of your life than let someone else be in control. I have the right to be angry, God. I'm not forgiving them. Well, the Bible says that you receive forgiveness to the degree that you give forgiveness. So hang on to that if you want to, but all you're doing is slowing yourself down. God's saying, I've got something for you. I've got a plan. I've got a purpose. i got somewhere I want to take you. i got something I want to do with your life. And the minute that you finally say, all right, God, that's it. I'm tired of being bitter. I'm tired of being angry. I'm tired of being frustrated. I'm tired of having someone else control me like a puppet. I'll be out having a great day and I'll see them or something that reminds me of them. And instantly they own me and I'm tired of it. Listen to me. I'm here to tell you today that if you'll surrender everything you have to Jesus, that he'll let just completely lie their grace over the top of you and you'll walk in this unmerited favor of the God that created the universe. Over thousands of years ago with words, he put the sun, moon, and stars into space. When he spoke, water left the earth and created the atmosphere. Earth was created, animals stepped in, then he created man. So he created man to have a relationship with man, not because he had to, but because he wanted to. And the very God that did all of those things is looking at you right now. He knows your name. He knows the number of hair on your head and he's calling out to you right now. The Jesus that goes across the pages of our Bible is resurrected to brand new life so that he could bring a message to you today to tell you that there's hope in the midst of your hopelessness. There is purpose in the midst of your pain and there is nothing that you have gone through that puts you too far away that God can't use you. He's ready to unlock this abundant purpose and plan in your life and it is all rooted at the foot of a cross where Jesus gave his life for you because none of it is possible. None of it would be possible had Jesus not paid the price. And as we wrap this up, this is the reason why because sin in your life and sin in my life separates us from God. 
You see, God won't allow sin in his presence. So therefore, all the things that I've done wrong and you've done wrong disqualifies us for being close to God. But the Bible says, just like we looked at in Romans 5, that while we were still sinners, God looked down and says, I want that one, I want that one, I want them, I want them. I want them. And so he said, but there's gonna have to be a price that gets paid for that sin in their life. And Jesus, the Bible says, he left the riches of heaven and became poor so that you and I might become rich. And when he went to that cross, and, and for the longest time, guys, I used to think about the cross. And when I would think about the cross, I would, I would see myself kneeling down at it and looking up to Jesus, arms spread, nails in his hands, giving his life for us. And every time I would do that, I would, I would picture him looking at me with this disappointed look on his face. Because I knew all the things that I had done. I knew all the reasons why I was disqualified. And I pictured him angry and disappointed in me. And it wasn't until the gospel really came alive to me that I realized that he's not angry. He's not disappointed in you but he looks down on you with arms spread wide with a smile on his face, looking at you saying it was worth it. For you, 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 it was worth it. And Jesus gave his life to let you know, this, my friends, is what love is. That he would lay down his life for us. I don't know about you, but I am grateful for the cross of Jesus Christ and the love that he has shown us. Let's pray today, guys. Father, we thank you for grace. We thank you for an unmerited favor that you poured out on us. We thank you that there's no way we can make it to heaven on our own. The Bible says that there's none righteous. No, not one. Folks, even this pastor that stands before you is frail and broken. But Jesus on the cross made a way for me to not be perfect on my own, but be perfect in the eyes of God. And today, if you're in this room and maybe you've had the wrong picture of God in your life, maybe You've always seen Jesus with a disappointed look on his face when he looked at you. But if you're in this room, or if you're listening, you're watching us, I'm here to tell you today that God has arms open wide, ready and waiting for you to come home. And today, if you're in this room, say, Pastor, you're talking to me right now. It's like God's doing something in my heart right now and I just know that I need to say yes. I need a fresh start. I've tried living life my way and just never quite got anywhere, but I'm ready to say yes to a life with Jesus. I, I'm ready to answer the call on my life. I'm ready to say yes to the plan and the purpose. I'm ready to let go of the things that are behind. I'm repenting of that stuff. I'm turning away from it. I don't want to go back to that. I'm ready to say yes to God. And if you're in this room and that's you with no one looking around, I'm not going to come to you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to point you out. I just want to pray for you today. But you say, pastor, I'm ready to say yes to Jesus. And I'm ready to begin my brand new life with him. If that's you, would you raise your hand right where you sit and say, that's me, Pastor. God bless you. God bless you. Hands are going up all over the room. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Yes. 
Once you put it up, you can put it down. Like I said, I'm not here to embarrass you. I just wanna pray for you today. And I wanna introduce you to a Jesus that could love you more than you could ever imagine. Is there anyone else that says, that's me, pastor. I'm ready to say yes to a fresh start with God today. Maybe you're watching us online and you say, that's me. I'm ready to give my life to him. Here's the beauty of the gospel is that it's all about faith. See, we repent of our sins. We turn away from the old us and we turn towards Jesus, but then we put our faith in him. We believe that when he went to the cross, he paid for our sins and that's all that it takes. But we're gonna pray a prayer together now. And that prayer is putting words to the actions that we're believing in our heart. And that is that Jesus is now in control of our life and that we're following him with everything that we have. So we're gonna pray this prayer together and the whole church is gonna pray it with you so you're not praying it by yourself. So let's pray at church with our brothers and sisters, even if you're watching us online, let's do it together. Say, dear Jesus, thank you. Thank you for grace. Thank you for mercy. Forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my wrongs. Make me clean. Make me pure. Make me whole. I believe that you died on the cross And I believe that you resurrected three days later. And through your life, through your death, and through your resurrection, I can be saved. So I follow you. I give you my life. I surrender. Make me free. Make me brand new. Give me a fresh start. I wanna follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. TC, let's put our hands together for those that have prayed that perhaps for the very first time. We celebrate with you. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. For more information about our church or to contact us, please feel free to visit our website at transformationchurch.com. And if you want to connect with us on Instagram and Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. Join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be.